Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Planning for Retirement podcast. I'm Kevin Lau. I'm your host. I'm also the owner of Imagine Financial Security, a fee-only financial planning firm based here in St. Augustine, Florida. Just a quick note, this is not intended to be financial advice, so please consult your own advisors or financial planning needs before making any decisions on your own. Uh, But today's topic is super exciting for me personally because it's super relevant, especially today. Uh, But it is creating a a safe withdrawal strategy or a safe withdrawal rate during retirement. And the reason this is exciting for me is because typically folks I work with are planning for retirement or they're recently retired and they're trying to navigate a 20 or even 30 plus year retirement plan adjusted for inflation, which is a big concern for just about everybody now, given the recent news, um, June of this year, 2021. Um, where infl- the rate of inflation over the last 12 months has been 5.4%, the highest it's been since August of 2008. So naturally, people will do a little bit of research on their own and they'll find the 4% rule. But the problem, and this is, uh, I-, I think, a fine uh, guideline, but the problem with it is that everybody has unique objectives. Everybody has a unique risk tolerance for their investment strategy. So the 4% rule should not be followed by everybody. And in fact, if you follow the 4% rule over the last 10 years, your net worth has probably grown, which is fine if that's your goal um, during retirement. But some people want to enjoy retirement. They want to spend in retirement. They want to travel. They want to gift to their grandkids. They want to pay for their college. They want to uh, enjoy their lifestyle. They they don't want to feel like they're just living um, paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, in retirement years. They want to enjoy what they've accumulated And what I've found is that many folks are very concerned about outliving their assets and therefore they they, they kind of tighten up their spending in retirement. And so uh, one of the things that I I like to do for all of my clients is once we've matched up their financial objectives and their risk tolerance and and their financial goals, coming up with the rate of withdrawal that's comfortable for them. And ultimately, that helps free them up to spend what they've worked hard to accumulate uh, and enjoy retirement, be happy in retirement, sleep better at night. And so that's what I'm all about. Um, so, so what I've done is I've created a formula that uh, should be followed, I think, by just about everybody and every financial advisor out there. And certainly at our firm, we follow this formula. And the formula is very simple. It's financial goals plus risk tolerance minus income sources equals your rate of withdrawal. I'm going to repeat that again. It's financial goals plus risk tolerance minus your income sources equals rate of withdrawal. So I like this because it starts with financial goals. And that's what we're all about here. Given we are a financial planning firm first, uh, we always start with the financial plan and the financial objectives. And so what I find is that people typically have three categories that they fall into as they retire. And that's uh, replacing their income, but preserving their principal. And this could be just for emergency purposes, you know, for healthcare costs down the road or long-term care. Maybe they want to preserve a little bit, you know, to leave to their children or grandchildren. Um, maybe that's not their primary goal, but it'd be nice to do that. But, but they like the security of preserving principal, but they want to say a nice withdrawal rate that still can replace their income, their pre-retirement income. So that's the first category people typically fall into. The second category is maximizing the wealth transfer or the legacy goal, but still replacing income. 
Now, these are folks that, yes, they want to replace their income, but they also want to potentially grow their assets if possible over time to leave behind to their kids or grandkids, maybe even a charity. Um, so that's another category, the second category that I find people fall into. The third category, which is really fun <laughs> to, for, in terms of working with these clients, is maximize spending, spending and leave zero uh, or bounce your last check. So leave nothing behind. And... This is obviously a little unnerving as a planner because we have to have an assumed end of plan date, meaning a certain age where they're no longer living. And if they live past that date, we're kind of screwed because we assume that they're going to have zero at that point in time. So a little bit unnerving. It's, it's certainly something we have to kind of leave a little bit of a buffer for. Um, but I typically find uh, you know folks also fall into this category as well. And sometimes there's a combination of these three categories, but but these financial goals are going to drive the rate of withdrawal. So for folks that want to maximize the legacy wealth transfer, their rate of withdrawal might be a little bit smaller or lower than someone who wants to maximize their spending and leave zero behind. So if we're going to use the benchmark of 4%, let's say, someone who wants to maximize the legacy and, and what's left behind, they may want to err at 4% or maybe even 3% a year in terms of their rate of withdrawal versus someone who wants to maximize their spending might be even closer to five, six, seven, or 8% a year on average throughout the duration of retirement. Now, obviously for those folks over time, what's gonna happen is your rate of withdrawal is gonna go up because you're gonna have fewer years to live. And so uh, if you're only taking 8% of your portfolio every year, you're probably not gonna burn through all of your assets by the time you pass away. So as you get older, your rate of withdrawal is gonna go up Obviously, taking into consideration, you want to have a buffer for the unexpected. Um, but again, the financial goals are going to drive significantly the rate of withdrawal impact. But it's not the only thing like we talked about. The second thing is the risk tolerance. Now, someone who's more conservative or concerned about market volatility is probably going to have a lower targeted withdrawal rate based on their financial objectives. Now, let's, let's use an example. Let's say they want to preserve principal. Okay, and they are very conservative with their investment strategy. They don't want to see a lot of market fluctuations now that they have retired or they're very close to retirement. The estimated return on a very conservative portfolio is less than 4% a year. Just because, again, we're now in this prolonged interest rate, low interest rate environment. Um, you know, yes, Powell has announced that interest rates could tick up now before 2023, but Still, we're in a very low interest rate environment. The 10-year sits right now at about 1.4%. So there's not a lot of places to get yield. So those folks that are very conservative might only be getting 3 to 3.5% 3 a year in average returns. So in order to preserve the principal, they should only be taking 3 to 3.5% 3 a year as a rate of withdrawal. Conversely, if someone is more comfortable with taking risk, you know, maybe they're more comfortable being uh, in an equity position in the portfolio, maybe closer to a balanced portfolio or a 60-40 blend, uh, which is a very popular mix for, for my clients that are retired and drawing income. The estimated returns there might be closer to 5% a year. So for those folks that want to preserve principal but are, are comfortable with being a little bit more aggressive in their accounts, they might be closer to that 5% a year in terms of rate of withdrawal. So again, the financial goals work in conjunction with the risk tolerance in order to create that ideal withdrawal rate. Now, the third part of the equation, like I mentioned, let's not forget about it, is the income sources. 
If you have Social Security coming in, maybe also a nice pension, whether it be from the military or the government or a company you work for for a long period of time, you may not you may not need a lot of money from the portfolio. So therefore, you have more flexibility to figure out, you know, do you gift this money during lifetime? Do you do some Roth conversion strategies to be more tax efficient in your in your legacy wealth transfer down the road? Um, but this is a, a key component when figuring out the rate of withdrawal, because for those folks that don't have a pension, maybe they just have Social Security and then their investment assets. They might need to rely a little bit more heavily on their investment portfolio to replace their income. OK, so for in essence, that also might drive your risk tolerance in retirement. If you are relying solely on your investment portfolio and Social Security, you may not be very comfortable with a lot of market volatility in your investments. And therefore, that will drive your rate of withdrawal. On the flip side, if you have a nice pension, Social Security, and that's covering a lot of your expenses, you may not be as concerned about short-term volatility. And therefore, you might be more comfortable with taking on a little bit more risk in the portfolio. Okay, And that will help potentially with that legacy wealth transfer goal that you might have. Uh, or charitable goal that you might have. Which brings me to another point. I was reading a, an article uh, the other day, beginning of July sometime, and um, uh, the headline was, at the end of this year, the first at the end of this first year's first quarter, I'm sorry, Americans aged 70 and above had a net worth of nearly $35 trillion, according to the Federal Reserve data. $35 trillion of net worth for Americans ages 70 and over. There's no way Americans 70 and older are gonna spend all of that money for the next however many years they live. Okay, so there's gonna be this massive wealth transfer from now until they, the baby boomers uh, start to leave these assets to the next generation. Um, I talked about this in an earlier podcast, the tax trap of these traditional 401ks and IRAs and the way they're going to be treated now that the inherited IRAs are now going by the wayside and there's going to be a significant tax penalty leaving these assets behind. Um, what I will tell you is if you have a goal to maximize your legacy transfer and you are in this category of you've accumulated more than you've needed uh, for retirement, you've done a good job saving and investing, be smart now from a tax standpoint. Okay, A lot of the tax reform that was it, uh, put in force in 2017 you know, coming off the books in 2025, be smart for the next three, four, five years and do strategies with your tax planner, with your advisor uh, to convert some of these assets into more tax efficient strategies because, um, you know, tax rates are not going down. Let's let's put it that way. Um, you know, that's I don't think that's a bold prediction there. So be smart with those assets that you've accumulated, especially in these retirement accounts, these qualified retirement accounts, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, uh, before tax reform rolls off the books. And frankly, it could change earlier. You know, there's already, there already talks about, uh, you know, changing those tax, um, you know, tax rates earlier than 2025. So, so be smart now. But again, let's recap. Financial goals plus risk tolerance minus income sources equals a safe rate of withdrawal. I hope this is helpful for everybody. Um, I'm happy to talk to anyone who has questions about their own situation or, you know, wants to, uh, you know, run something by me. You can always contact me directly at Kevin at imaginefinancialsecurity.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, maybe even leave a review only if it's five stars. 
And uh, hopefully you can uh, tune in for more episodes to come. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.